back again inside LAFC. Max Bredos, Vince LaRosa. Here we are. A reminder to subscribe to our little podcast here. We know you've been listening. Uh, Vince has the data. And thank you for all your support. But spread the word because it's going to get bigger. We're going to have some really cool special guests, including today. How are you, Vince? I'm fantastic. Am I your special guest? You're not my special guest. Oh. You're my, my every day here. That's true. That's, uh, that's good enough for me. By the way, he... If you see Vince, no one else to just talk football with this guy. He knows, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but I talk to him and he's like, man, I didn't know that. This guy knows it. He's a huge fan. Great to chat with that. As Bob always likes to say, let's have a good chat about football. Let's have a football discussion. So this Vince is a great guy to do it. Bob has rubbed off on me. Yes. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, because I, uh, I, don't, I don't suffer fools no more, you know? Hey, by the way, I wanted, I wanted to give you something because last Thursday, the fans of the Cuervos made some hats. And they had a couple sizes that didn't fit me, but they gave me one. I'm very, very appreciative, but it doesn't quite fit my head. It, it's a little tight. You're one size below. I am. You're like, I'm seven and three eighths. You're seven, it almost fits me. Um, so I wanted to give you this beautiful Cuervo's hat. This is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, look, it's staying in the family. Yeah, it's staying so in the family. So this is the best thing that can Put happen. it on. I'm going to wear it. To the Cuervos, uh, one of our great supporter groups, thank you. Thank you for the love. And all you guys give me stuff. I gotta start giving it back. I've realized that. So I'm gonna walk around. I don't know, like a 12 pack or something. Yeah, what? How do you wear your hat? That looks really good. What do we have that we could give out? We, you know what it is? Here, here's the thing. I love you, LFC Pod family, but you are showing Max and I up when it comes to Weird. pins. When it comes to scarves, uh, obviously this hat. This is for the supporters group. The supporters group. Everyone's showing us up. Maybe we need to get Shirts. in somebody's ear. Let's get a shirt. Yeah. Once we redo the rebrand, where it is inside LFC with. The only name I get, I, I said, like, not LAFC Vince, but something along those lines so we can personalize it. And the yes man, because yes, that's kind of my goal call. Not all the time. So maybe I can't do that either. Yeah, it's tough. We've gotten a lot of great name suggestions. But once we do it, we'll do it. I, I'll probably, I don't think the, com- I don't think the club's going to sign off on that. We'll have to do it on our own, but that's okay. Yeah, we, but we need to pick up our merch game because you guys are killing it. Thank you. Thank you yeah, very much. Thank you. Look how good he looks. I look fantastic. You look great. I don't even have to look in the mirror. I'm envious right now. Yeah. I'm almost thinking about maybe I'll just squeeze that on a little tighter and just live that way. Well. Like walk over the cracking headache. What, what can you do to work out your head? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you lose some pounds in that cranium. Yeah, maybe it just makes some swelling. I think I used to be a seven and a quarter. You know what I think my mom says? She goes, I go, maybe my brain's getting bigger. She goes, either that or you're storing more fat in your head. And I go, the latter sounds probably more accurate. Moms do not Moms hold do. any punches. So there you go. There's no fat and there's more room. So I put it here. Yeah. You're like an hourglass, but your head. So we're very excited. Our, our special guest. Oh, yeah. Announce the special uh, guest. Is what uh, Taylor Twelman Thursday night on the broadcast for ESPN said was the best player on the field. A guy that we are campaigning hard to get on the MLS All-Star game. A guy we spoke about at length. I know you know what we're talking about. It's Edward Atuesta. And we're very excited to chat with him because he does so much. His play has just blown us away. And we're not the only ones anymore, but we were going to spread the word. And now we're going to hear from the man himself. Yeah, it's awesome to have someone like Taylor Twelman. Hercules Gomez has also commented Hercules on how Gomez good he's says, been. Hercules Gomez second best player on LAFC, hands down. Yeah, these are unsolicited, and these are guys that know. I mean, they're traveling all around. They're watching MLS games. They're watching Liga MX games. And they get it. They just see it. And we always talk about how it's tough sometimes to see what Edward does, but the but the people that are really tuned into the game, they see it. They know. So that's Max and I feel like we're just amplifying it a bit for the people that maybe maybe you only like to see goals. Maybe you only like to see saves. Maybe you only like to see big moments. We're trying to kind of just 
tune you up a little bit, get your eye a little bit, you know, calibrated so that when you watch the match, I mean, they're literally, uh, we, I could say it for, for Thursday. I think there was just one time where he misplaced a pass yeah. and it sticks out sticks like out. a sore thumb because there's no other time where he misplaces a pass or misplaces a tackle. So it's funny to say that like the only time you sometimes recognize him is when he does something slightly wrong because it's so precise and su- such precision other times on the pitch. Yeah, it's like Steph Curry missing an air ball. You're like, what? Or Steph Curry traveling. I saw him travel. But, yeah, uh, I think he travels a lot. He does. I know. Maybe he doesn't get called for it. <laughs> it's when he gets called for it. <laughs> I think we would also say he was missed on Sunday. And we're going to talk about both Dallas games here real quickly. And you could also say about him, and I know you're talking about, we see in practice about the cerebral nature of that game. Kind of um, a, a beautiful mind. Kind of thinking, <laughs> maybe not that direct uh, comparison, but uh, thinking three moves ahead to make sure you know how this team and how it works so well. For an LAFC, which has all this movement, you need a guy who's really good at that and needs to think of everyone. And Eduardo Atuesta is proving to be that guy. It's a tough job, but he's answering the bell. Yeah, he needs to be one step ahead. He needs to be willing to take some risks, but also be able to play that precise ball because there's so much movement. If you play a pass that's slightly off, slightly behind a guy, and he's moving forward, well, the defender steps through. He's now beaten that one man. He's probably got speed to beat the next man. So it's important to not just see the ideas, but also to get it right. And we saw that with the opening goal. Yeah. I mean, Edwards pass for that opening goal. There's so much going on there where a lot of times you see a guy play that pass and he hits it too hard. You know, you, sometimes you, you see someone like Carlos or some or the forward take that and the ball kind of pops up on him and you think, oh man, why couldn't he have a better first touch? Sometimes it, it's got to come down to the pass mm-hmm. because the guy's hustling that. He's firing it in there. But Edward. He has his eyes shifting all directions. He's got the full pitch. Like when we say inside passes, central passes, one of the things that maybe we don't talk about enough is the reason why you want a central inside pass is think of the swath of the pitch you now have in front of you. You know, when you play you play the touch lines, that's fine. It's a, it's a path of least resistance for a lot of teams, right, to get up the touch lines. Then maybe you can play across them, but really there's two ways you can go. If you want to get forward, you could go forward and you can go sideways, really. But when you're in the center of the pitch, now a defender, his his whole field of vision is 180. So now a defender's thinking, I got to cover this lane, I got to cover this lane, and he starts to you start to pin back players, and then that's when you start to open up channels. So that's why it's important in that movement to be able to play centrally, and then to find that pass and have the the composure and the touch to play a ball. Because Carlos takes that ball, it's just perfectly set yeah. up, just laying on that nice pitch. All he's got to do is just groove it in there, and that's what he did. <laughs> What more you describe, it sounds like he's the quarterback, Atuesta. And with the movement, you know, you think these great quarterbacks, when they throw a ball, they're throwing into a space where they assume the guy is going to be at. And a lot of times, that's what Atuesta has to do. So I'm when a lot, to come up with a nickname. I mean, in a lot of ways, he is. If you rewatch that goal, and I love that goal, there, there's a lot of good things that are happening before that. Christian comes off the line, connects, kind of moves the team forward. There's a lot of guys going forward, making purposeful runs in front of the ball. But notice that the play finally comes to fruition when Edward decides, all right, I can get up now. I can get into that play. They play it to him. He goes, hold on. I got something right here for you. Right to Carlos. Goal. Boom. So it was very quarterback-like. All right, so let's go there. Let's look at Thursday. We talked about the goal a bit. Eduardo Tuesta's interview coming up here shortly. Uh, LAFC, the one stat that I, I think stood out was 14 shots to none at halftime. Uh, they, were, uh, they, they were just overwhelming FC Dallas. FC Dallas held firm before giving the goal. I think... In a perfect world for LAFC to unlock these teams, and Dallas was, they were they were pushing back, not everyone back. They would play, they kept playing from the back a lot, and I was like, well, all right, 
Let's yeah. party. And there was mistakes. And we saw that again on Sunday. They did the same thing. And I think it also led to a red card on Matt Hedges. But on Thursday, this was a team that kind of put a blueprint on probably how not to play LAFC. Yeah, fair. Yeah. It's just because it was dangerous. And it could have – this was definitely a game where you could have seen three or four goals. So, I mean, I think there's different ways you're going to defend this team. But uh, that first half, FC Dallas were – and. Second half, they were a little better, but first half, they were under siege. Yeah, I think the first half, they thought maybe we can we can use the width because they had the two wingbacks, but they really wanted to go through Acosta first, or they wanted to go through Ja'Cory Hayes to see maybe we can get a few things here centrally. Maybe if we get the LFC central midfielders moving around, we can cause some confusion. It wasn't working yeah. at all. They don't really have a good player in that. They don't have an Eduardo Twesta. If they had an Eduardo Twesta, I think FC Dallas no. is a really... A, a top they're, they're, they'll be a good team at the end, but they'd be a top tier right now. Yeah, I think they're still building, right? Yeah, I think that would be fair to say, and I think they would agree with that too. They're, they're a very good team for where they are. I think they're probably ahead of the progress they expected to be at. Uh, I do like that they have ideas. Um, and they, they, they to give them credit, they did start to figure some things out. That second half, yeah. they came up with some tempo. They, they've realized, okay, if we play from the back, but we really involve our wingers, and then we also push a little higher up to get guys like Jordan Harvey and Steve Basher, who I think were unsung, unsung heroes in that match, um, their reactions in winning the ball back. That happens a lot back. with those two. It does happen a lot with those two. Yeah, as much we're giving Edward praise, we gotta move, we're going to have to move up to those defensive guys next because we just got to get the, the word out on how good they've been. Yeah. And the things that they do are so important, and I think we're going to talk about it for Sunday. When it's gone, it's really tough. It's a tough watch. Yeah, it was. Um, we could be critical. We'll show some criticism here, but this is still the best team in major league soccer with one defeat, uh, scoring at an incredible clip offensively, defensively, one of the best teams. So, you know, we could sit here and uh, mince words, but it, it, it's still a great product here. So this, let's go to Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, we were going to talk about also what happened Thursday night with the women in sports and what's happening up at Pride Night a little bit later as well and talk about the Gold Cup players that will be performing for LAFC. We hope as many as six when that tournament kicks off next month. But the Sunday game, uh, choppy. Now, one thing that I would want to mention on the Thursday uh, back end was another an awful challenge on Carlos Vela at the end. Carlos Vela, according to Bob Bradley, came up to him on the plane ride back from Columbus and said, yeah, I almost got my leg broken there. And horrible challenge. So he, he mentioned that a couple occasions is maybe the best player. No. Let me rephrase that. The best player in the league right yeah. now. Don't have to. Don't have the best player in the league right now. Don't hedge your bets on that one. He could be receiving a serious injury, and he needs to be protected. Bob also said all the players need to be protected. But really, when there's a guy who puts himself in these positions, that's the one you must protect the most. And the game begins, and early yellow card. There would be a red card. There would be penalty decisions. So uh, Chris Pencil was the official. Did those things that I think are a necessity uh, in protecting the best players in the league. Because look, uh, Carlos Vela gets injured and does it. This is not this is bad news for LFC. It's bad for the whole league. It's yeah. bad news for the whole league. Well, nationally broadcast game, that foul happens. They the broadcaster Taylor Twelman in particular says like that. How can this happen? How can this happen? And the game's over, and he's still wondering how can this happen. He's just kind of they can't even talk about the win. And then you see the scenes on the field where you see how angry Bob Bradley is. You see a little bit of afters. So you know the league has to see that and think, okay, first of all, these guys are playing again four days out. So we're going to see a game that, even if there wasn't bad blood, is probably going to be a little bit more of a slugfest. It's just the nature of the game. You kind of figure a team out. You're also a little tired, so maybe you're a little more apt to just kind of clip a guy when he gets by you instead of actually moving your feet. Um, So Bob gets up there after the match and 
lays it all out there. And yeah, that, Carlos that, laid out a little bit too, which Carlos is I think did. a necessity. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, we never hear Carlos complain. He doesn't. He never complains. He never yeah. complains. What does that tell you about the guy? He doesn't complain. He doesn't uh, fabricate things mm-hmm. on the field. That was actually the most adamant I've ever seen him gesticulating to a referee after that play too. I don't think I've. I, you don't even see him complain on the field. There's, there's two different ways of doing that, right? You see guys that lose their minds on the field and come into the press conference room and go, ah, you know, it's part of the game, yeah. blah, blah. He just literally goes, ah, it's part of the game on the field. High fives, guys. I've seen him take the harshest tackles. Yes, I've seen that too. You're Gets right. picked up by the dude and just slaps him on the back of the head. Hey, good good game. Yeah. Like, he, he's game. He's a <laughs> gamer. A good dude. But, yeah, he, he couldn't, I, to be fair, couldn't refrain anymore because it was just too tough. And you're right. It's choppy game, but Penso is probably told, hey, you are, I don't even know if he has to be told. The referees are watching the match prior of the teams that, and for him, luckily, Maybe he like just has to watch comic, one. Guys, it's just be, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's protect these players. Yeah. We that should. Fella. And the, but protect all players. Bob, Bob made a very good point. Look, if even if a defender beats a man and has a step, we can't have guys either pulling guys back or, or lunging into tackles. It's everyone. Because I, I just, man, I can't even fathom what would have happened if, if Carlos would have actually been injured on that play. A total throwaway play. Um, you don't want that in your league. That's that's the stuff that other leagues have. I kind of had to stamp out. And we still got these old guys that are like, that used to be, that yeah. used to be a good tackle yeah. back in my day. Yeah. Well, things aren't going that fast. Well, back in their day, yeah, things are a lot faster, and these players are so much better, and they're assets. And we can't have they they raise the value of the league. And if you don't have Carlos Vela, who's watching the league? Not just LFC. Who's watching the league? That's uh, big. And I think one thing we saw with the Dallas game because Dallas don't draw extremely well and. It's an original member, and I think things are on the up and up across the board with them. But that place was pretty full, yep. and that's the Carlos Vela effect. And afterwards, there's footage of him coming out, people waiting for his autograph. You know, we hear that about Zlatan a lot, but the Carlos Vela effect is very strong, especially in places like Dallas where you'll have a lot of fans of L3 uh, within close range. You sent a tweet right before the game kicked off. I go, how is Brisson in the starting 11? And you were up in arms. But it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because Brisson, who was the man who comp- made that tackle on Carlos on Thursday night, he gave up not one but two penalties. Shouldn't have. He shouldn't have finished that match though either. If you think about it, because he got the yellow card for the first penalty. Probably should have got that was a deliberate handball in the box. Probably should have got another one. Yeah, I'm okay with them not giving him another one. I mean, I guess it's a penalty. It's you've done enough damage. But rough, rough four days, three days, four days, whatever you want to call it for Brisson. I mean. Yeah. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I guess. Hey, in the end, it's, I'm I'm glad he didn't hurt anyone. He seemed he seemed to be a little bit more reserved. So I'm wondering if even uh, his team comes to him after the match and says, uh, "Hey, you see that little scuffle we had uh, at the end of the match? That's all f- because of something that you did in a game that was done and dusted. Literally done and dusted." Unbelievable. So I'm gonna go next to the penalties. Okay. So Carlos Vela has made two of four. Yeah. Fourth one, it was almost saved. And the good news about this is that they've only picked up two penalties and they doubled that in one game. I think penalty number is probably going to go up. Carlos Vela takes penalties for Mexico. This is something I think he'll probably uh, show more improvement in as well. But it's something that I think that right now they're leaving a little food on the, on the table. And also we can go to set pieces. Corner kicks, they have a couple goals. Yep. And it seems to me they're getting close. There's one where Zimmerman flew in. I thought that was going to go in for sure. Set pieces, uh, Carlos is hitting posts and, and, mm-hmm. and crossbars these days. So I, I know that that's going to happen. But right now, it's not. 
The delivery. Okay, so we we got into this a little bit in our famous Monday meeting, <laughs> where you had brought up that they they needed to do better on set pieces, and I had politely said, uh, "Well, we do have two goals on corners." Uh, I would agree with you in this regard, though. Yes, in set pieces where a delivery needs to be put in, and there needs to be some kind of touch header to to go to goal, the team probably needs to be better. Carlos, though, in, from direct free kicks as of late, is just getting closer and closer. Yeah. He hits a crossbar Thursday. Jesse Gonzalez, fantastic save on Sunday. I mean, he if you want to talk about something, something in the game, I mean, he should have earned himself almost a 40-man roster pick on the uh, Gold Cup oh, after that really performance. Getting, the, the penalties, both saving one, almost saving the, the save on Diego Rossi ball coming in. He looked like a guy, you go, that's our number one keeper. And he was a guy who was with the Mexican youth teams and now is with the U.S. national team picture. So that was good. Does he play like that all the time? No. Fortunately, he played that well that well on Sunday. But would you would you think that there's anything in a team that's always in constant movement, like a shark, tech, 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 that all of a sudden they stop? They may not be it may not be their forte because instead of maybe saying, "All right, maybe they're not getting enough to set pieces," what they are doing in the run of play, they are torching teams. Yeah, I mean, we're both here at training, and we can say they're they're working hard on yeah. it. I mean, these are so many times they'll start have a run up to do the corner. Bob will stop them. This is not the right movement. This is here. It's all timing based. Um, a lot of parts move to get other parts to move. So it's something that, yeah, once the floodgates open, you kind of start to see them yeah. again. And then teams figure it out and you got to readjust again. So it's something that they work on. And they're My, trying some new things, which is good. You can see they're expanding the playbook on yeah. corn. Uh, even just with the guys who take them. You saw Lee take some, you saw Horta take some. Uh, that's going to keep teams on their toes. And eventually you would imagine the breakthrough. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I think the the real key is that the the delivery um the one thing that i would say, i mean carlos is one of the better strikers of the ball corners is not his jam it just doesn't seem like it he he'd much prefer to hit the short corner and then figure it out from there um so yeah if they found a guy that really could put in a set piece delivery zimmerman's just gonna live off that and he's just yeah. gonna feed off that because those those times that we saw last year when walker started to get hot on corners that's when carlos started coming into his own on sending those corners so once he gets kind of calibrates that I mean, it's one of those things that somebody, I saw somebody tweet something about, I think it was one of the stats guys that I follow and it was, it was about Man City and how good Man City are. And they were, it was basically touting, um, you know, teams can maybe get better going forward and maybe, maybe Man City's rule won't be as long as we think it is. And then somebody wrote, somebody wrote, yeah, but what if they figure out set plays? And that person just basically threw their hands That's in the air. That's a go, great one. If Man City figures out set plays, you they're unplayable. Yeah. Literally unplayable. That's kind of the LFC effect. That's good. I mean, look. Some of these teams are like that. That is not. That's not their jam. Yeah. As you as as you as you say, Vince. I like to use that one too. But then, maybe in, in a big picture, things are not supposed to be their jam. This is their jam, where you've got to have to defend them, and they're going to run mm -hmm. and get through you from time to time. So I have a question for you. Did you, when that second penalty came, did was there a, a, a flash in your mind? Carlos is not taking it. Yes. Mine too. A little bit. But then I remember. I've been asking around here, and I'm like, you know. Who would be the second penalty taker? The one thing, no one was like, oh, I don't know. No, I'm not really sure. Which means Carlos Vela is the guy for that. But I, I went back to the Dynamo U.S. Open Cup game, and it was Simon and Latif who missed theirs. Correct. I believe Rossi hit. Nailed his. Nailed his. Was it? Who was the other one? Uh, Carlos scored as well. Carlos right? scored, and right. was there a fifth? There had I to be. Mark Anthony, maybe, was it? There had to be because Latif was the sixth. All right. But those uh -oh. are the two. But so there. Uh oh. Get, we're gonna have to have somebody get back to us. I cannot. But I think that. And, and, oh. 
right. Well, Did Andre take one? Was it? Could it be? Was he an open? Um, Andre might. This is an exciting little debate we've developed. But I saw that. But there's like it's, it's not like a check order. I think there's really like this is something really the bottom would have to fall out for Carlos Vela not to take penalties. Well, I would say this: they do not practice penalties a ton, and why would you? I mean, it's so rare. We're not even in. They will as we get closer open, open cup games. They'll start to kind of fill out who's going to take penalties just in case we need them. So that gives me the idea that yeah, like it's Carlos's to take until he decides to give it to someone else. And you brought up a good point. His goal in the World Cup is a penalty, the biggest stage in the world. Yeah. Uh, Carlos, look, you miss him. I, you made a good point. Is that that goal gets Mexico into the round of sixteen? Yeah, they but need not it. the quinto partido, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, they needed that goal, and I, I just. It flashed in my head for a second. I was like, maybe Diego will take it because I've seen Diego hit some penalties and he hits it really well. But then, look, this is what Carlos is here for. Like, he's never been more locked in. And he gets legitimately down when he misses. This is, this is not something where he just lets it brush off his shoulder. So I guarantee you that, that penalty came up. He goes, I'm, I'm taking it. Yeah. Doesn't care. Like, just straight up doesn't care. Already wiped from the mind. If that moment is there, he wants that moment. And there's something to be said for that player. Real quickly, some guys that we saw that we don't regularly see, Mohamed El Monir, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts. Uh, I thought he looked great when he was crossing that ball from the left side. He has a great ball. It's like low and driven in. I think if he can beat a guy, you have a real opportunity to score from that left side. Andre Horta, good development. I think there's uh, still a bit timid, mm-hmm. rightfully so, where he gets in it. I think eventually you know, we're in the, he gets a little more liberated and free. Maybe those... Some of his decisions are a little more forward-thinking, but I liked I liked what I saw from Andre. I'd say it was his best game. I mean, compared to where he's played, it's not it's it, the sample size suggests it, it never really matched this. But this is a, a good development. You could see fitness; he's almost there as well to possibly be a ninety-minute player. Who am I? Oh, Lee Lee Win. It's still some work to be done there um, to find what worked for him so well last season. But that, those three guys all you know they played a role. Yeah, I mean I. I won't any bones about it, and Lee would say this too. It wasn't his best match. I mean, he looked like a guy coming back and just never seemed to have been able to get in the flow of the game. And that's that's a big part of the central midfield. We weren't able to hold the ball very well. It was a very choppy game. Lee's a rhythm player. He needs to be finding those pockets of space and getting on the ball. It just we we kind of let Lee down, and he let he let himself down. It goes both ways there. For Andre and uh, for Muhammad and Andre. I think that I put them kind of in a similar bin. When they did things that kind of were to their skill set, like crossing for Muhammad, Andre had some very good passes, um, long-range passes. They, they look good, um, but they, they still look like they need a little bit more time in the, in the structure of things, right? You know, Muhammad, maybe in some of the buildup, was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe his, some of his defending was okay. but Didn't make one huge play. No, well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Maybe some of the defending, when, it, when we're talking about just like set in the back four, defending isn't great, but when it comes to hey, use your raw talents to get out there and get a guy, Muhammad looked fantastic. I mean, he uh, he made one big play. I think he made another one that was pretty strong. So he, he was able to to kind of put that on display. I think Andre was probably his best game, especially when you think about closing the ball, getting close to the ball when the ball turns yeah, was, over. Yeah. So the, it's just, it's they were able to showcase the things that they do really well. And you got to think that it, as they get more time and get integrated into the actual system, whether it's, you know, Muhammad building up from the back, whether it's Andre getting on the ball, making sure that, like Eduardo Atuesta, who you're going to talk to, and you're going to talk to him specifically about this, when you get that ball, take a chance, man. Go forward with it. I mean, Edward said that great line about we've got Carlos, we got Diego, we got Mark. 
My job is to get the ball to them. Yeah. So he knows it's in his head. Backwards is not good enough. Get it to them. Let them sort it out up top. So he has it in his head. And I think once Andre gets a little bit more confidence in the system and knows that, look, if you can turn inside and look forward, you're going to have guys to pass to. And I think that's just, it's just a confidence thing. Because for me, a few too many sideways and, and backwards passes, which completing passes. At the end of the day, you look at his stats, he probably had what, like 90% pass rate? Yay! But, but those balls got to go forward. Okay? Yeah. Look, this is a team, number one in MLS. Good is not good enough. It needs to be of another level. High standard. Next up, Friday night at Montreal. We'll preview that game a little bit ahead on Inside LAFC, but when we return, we will have our discussion with Edward Atuesta. You won't want to miss that. This is Inside LAFC. Back here on Inside LAFC, we are thrilled to welcome Edward Atuesta. We're going to do this in English and Spanish, but you... You say you entiendo in English. Más o menos. So, so. <laughs> so, so. But you, se, se sale aquí en Los Ángeles y habla ordenando comida o hablando con su, con su teammates. Sí, sí. Me ayudan mucho, sobre todo acá en, en el equipo. Mis compañeros como Tyler, Walker. Tyler and Walker help him out a lot. So that's a, a, a lot of help. But you, you, is, hay una expresión en inglés que puedo... Uh, usar en este momento para nuestro nuestro audiencia uh, I, I feel I'm feel like happy to talk that's right that interview <laughs> okay so I have some questions Spanish because pe people don't really know a lot about Eduardo Tuesta other than what they see on the field and what they see on the field is one of the best at his position in in Major League Soccer. So uh, I'll, I'll start with, ¿qué es tu papel en el equipo? ¿Qué son tus responsabilidades? What is your role? What are your responsibilities? Eh, mi rol es, primero que todo, darle balance al, al equipo. Siempre estar en buena posición para evitar los contraataques, eh, para siempre dar una opción de pase a todos mis compañeros. Y... Siempre que pase el balón por mí tenga un buen destino, que nunca perdamos el balón. Entonces, esa es mi, mi rol principal. That's a great uh, answer. So, he was saying it's just to give the team kind of equilibrium, to always give them an option. And I think you see that in the games where he's the first one there and to always put the team in a good position moving forward. Siempre, siempre mejor para pasar para adelante en, en tu vida. It's always better to pass forward. Sí, sí, claro. Siempre buscando... Eh, a Carlos, Diego, Mark, eh, para que en una mejor posición podamos lograr anotar, que es lo que venimos haciendo con una gran cantidad de goles por partido. Always looking for Carlos, Diego, and Mark to put these teams in a good position and to find the success. We always talk with Vince about passing forward is en, en su posición para pa, pasar para atrás que when do you make those back passes? It's normal that sometimes we have to pass because it's our style to have 
si jugamos hacia atrás y volvemos a empezar, podemos encontrar otra ruta para, para okay. anotar. Entonces, simplemente es siempre buscar la mejor decisión para, para llegar al gol. Always look for the best decision to reach the goal. Sometimes you pass back to create those opportunities. And when you do pass back, you, 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 you reset to find that opportunity. There's a lot of patience um, there. Uh, ¿Cómo ha ayudado jugar uh, su tiempo en LFC? ¿Cómo ha ayudado este equipo por, en tu juego? How has LFC helped you improve your game? Eh, muchísimo. Eh, por ejemplo, el que los defensas siempre quieran salir jugando por el piso, que no revienten y tiren los balones largos, eso hace que mi labor sea mucho más fácil porque siempre me buscan, es sencillo para mí, si me buscan eh, con buenos pases, generar un buen pase, entonces siempre digo que es más fácil jugar cuando tienes jugadores buenos al lado y y en este equipo me han ayudado de esa manera siempre con un buen pase y estando bien a la hora de recibir. That's well, it's always good to have good teammates around and they always look for me. The uh, defenders pasando por el piso and it, este equipo se hace eso. So they play they play around on the they play on the ground as opposed to lifting it all up. And you're always available. Eres siempre disponible. Eso parece muy fácil, pero Debería tener mucho trabajo. You are always find yourself open. It looks easy, but it's probably a lot of work. Es difícil, es difícil leer el juego. Eh, pienso que es la afirmación correcta para eso. Siempre leer qué movimiento te pide el juego para encontrar un buen espacio. Eh, es, es difícil los últimos seis partidos, cuatro partidos, que... He tenido marca personal y es aún más difícil porque alguien siempre me sigue. Ajá. Entonces es un poco difícil, pero hay que leer esos movimientos y, y lograr encontrar el espacio para, para deshabilitar esa marca que, que me pone el otro equipo. That's interesting. So it, it's, it's difficult sometimes when you go there. He said the last four or six games, there's defenders always tracking him and to find those movements away. Uh, to lose that defender, it's obviously become more challenging as Edward becomes a, a bigger, plays a bigger role in this in this team. Again, a lot that you do. So it's interesting to see that because it's a position very important, and then the system of the Bob debería ser muy importante para tener ese número seis. Se vale. It's a very difficult position. So, um, cómo se prepara? How do you prepare yourself to to do that? Um. Con el staff, con los entrenadores, he tenido gran ayuda porque es difícil aprender a leer el juego. Pienso que jugarlo, tener técnica, hay muchos jugadores que pueden tener buena técnica a la hora de pasar, a la hora de controlar, a la hora de driblar, pero me han ayudado a entender cómo tengo que moverme, cómo debo leer los movimientos del rival y, y cómo puedo estar en mejor posición para para encontrar un buen pase y para después eh, lograr conectar al equipo en, en, todo, en toda la cancha. Entonces me han ayudado muchísimo a entender con videos, viendo ya sea Barcelona, eh, mostrando mis errores en partidos pasados. Eso ayuda mucho y pienso que es lo que más me ha ayudado a, a, 
a ganar eh, un nivel más alto en, en, en este equipo. So the LAFC staff has helped a lot. Uh, they show a lot of videos of other teams. Uh, if he's maybe didn't make the right play the last time, they'll show him what to do it. But uh, the, certainly the, uh, the everything that they provide here is very helpful. How to receive the ball in the best place and where to look for that next pass out. Okay, vamos. Uh, let's have a little fun. Okay, let's talk a little about Eduardo Atuesta. Um, ¿Quiénes eran tus ídolos? Who were your idols? Mis ídolos eran eh, Juan Román Riquelme. You know, that's right. There you go. Riquelme. Eh, Zidane y Fernando Redondo. Yeah. Zidane, Riquelme, Fernando Redondo. Entonces, dos argentinos, two Argentines, and great, of course, Zidane. Um, so the uh, the Argentines. So as a Colombian player, why is that typical? Where the Colombian players uh, have idolos uh, that are Argentinos. Is it typical para Colombianos tener idol Argentinos? No, no, no es típico. Pero eh, el estilo de juego de estos tres jugadores, no por su nacionalidad, sino por el estilo de siempre estar pensando eh, y ser tan inteligentes me me ha gustado, me gusta, me gustaba mucho ver sus videos, de hecho todavía los veo. Eh, claro, deben haber jugadores brasileros, colombianos, que los hay de, de muy buena calidad y que también me, me gustaba mucho verlos, pero estos tres para mí eran mis favoritos. So, when he looks at those, it's not typical for Colombian players to like Argentines, but he goes, I always enjoyed them. The way they played was something I would like to emulate. Uh, but there's a lot of Brazilian Colombian players that I, I also like to do. Um, para ti, nos conocen uh, como Edward Atuesta, pero tienes un apodo o algo así, porque tenemos ideas para un apodo. We don't have a nickname for you, but do you have a nickname? If not, we have some ideas. Yes. <laughs> No tengo un apodo, apodo, pero Jordan siempre me molesta diciéndome profesor. Es lo... No, pero no tengo apodo desde siempre. Solo me molesta diciéndome profesor por siempre. Sorry about that. Uh, he says he doesn't have one, but Jordan Harvey's always giving him some grief, calling him the professor. And uh, he doesn't have it, but maybe we'll stick. I always had one. I want to call you el cuervo because there's an expression as the crow flies. The crow goes straight. And your passes are always straight. Es un apodo para mí de ti. Es como el cuervo porque como se viaja el cuervo siempre es recto. Como como tus balones. No sé. ¿Te gusta? Prefiero profesor. Prefiero que me siga molestando Jordan con profesor. He prefers professor. All right. That, uh, Edward, great to chat with you. Uh, we love you out there. You're such an important player for everything we do. Let's get this guy. Let's get him on the All-Star team. He deserves... Quiere ser All-Star, ¿sí? Debería... Todos los minutos que han jugado. Claro, siempre. Desde el principio uno trabaja para... Para ser cada día mejor y... Sería un buen reconocimiento. Entonces, yeah. espero seguir a un buen nivel para... Para poder estar en ese partido. Yeah, it, it's good to be considered for those kind of things. Those kind of games will help me play. Have you been... Real quickly... Uh, uh, and todos colombianos aquí Major League Soccer eso se ayuda all the Colombians that we see in Major League Soccer no, no solo para LAFC pero en cada equipo para Dallas po, po, posible tiene dos tres colombianos is that, is, is, eso que acostumbre is that something you've gotten used to or que si es costumbre que hayan muchos colombianos tantos colombianos aquí eh, 
es, siempre he visto muchos colombianos que vienen a jugar a la MLS. Con mucho éxito, sí. Sí, les ha ido muy All bien. Success. Ahora volvió Montero también a, a Vancouver, que le había ido muy bien en Seattle. Y es una liga que va creciendo impresionantemente. Eh, por ende, intentan traer jugadores de buena calidad. Es, les ha ido bien con los colombianos que han podido traer y, y espero que, que puedan seguir trayendo a, a los mejores para que no solo de Colombia, de Brasil, de España, de Europa, de donde sea, pero siempre ayuda a tener buenos jugadores para, para crecer aún más. There's some similarities with the Colombian game and, and US and he's seen that growth and it's becoming a bigger league so they can recruit there. He mentioned Freddy Montero is a guy who he's, he's seen and, and, and is respected. But also says he sees this league growing to the point where they're going to get Brazilians and Spaniards and it's going to go that direction. All right, Eduardo Tuesta, the next time we do this in English. Eso espero, eso espero. Ya estoy ahí tomando clases, pero se me dificulta hablar. He's taking Spanish lessons. I said he understands. I know he understands everything I'm saying. So even when I'm doing his, his translations, he's like, no, that's not what I said. But uh, he said next time we'll do this, we'll do this English, in, in English and we look forward to a long, prosperous career. Eduardo Tuesta, gracias, compañero. Gracias a ti. Éxito. Back here on Inside LAFC, Max and Vince, and we get ready for a Friday night game against Montreal, which I would encourage you to attend. If you can't make it, it's on YouTube TV, but Friday night, kids can sleep in on Saturday, and that's the issue with the Thursday night. You know, a lot of people bring their kids, and you can't bring them. You're worried about them getting enough sleep. You don't have to worry about that on a Friday night game. And Friday night is just a fun night out in Los Angeles. Friday night, long weekend, right? Oh, Memorial Day weekend. Are you going anywhere? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying I'm, I'm trying because it's going to be kind of cold in uh, LA that weekend. Yeah. I would love to be in LA at least one of the days, be at the beach, or at a swimming pool. But I, I don't think the weather will allow that, which is you know disappointing. It's been a it's been a long spring. Doesn't feel summery yet, which it no. usually does. It's not technically it's not summer yet. Yeah, if you're down in Long Beach, you might find me riding my bike around right. the Strand. But that's about it. I, yeah, we I don't have thinking about doing beaches. a quick getaway to the to the desert. Just to clear my head, yeah. Get ready for the, uh, the the June, which is gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. I I would be a part of the Max Bretos Vision Quest. Yeah, are you in? Yeah, let's. Do you ever get out there? Like I do. The I, desert, Palm I, Springs, Palm Desert, Joshua Tree. I do. I have some artist friends that you know are, are are all artsy out in Joshua Tree, and they have a cool little complex. We would call it. Um, it's not it's not a cult. That's what they tell me. Uh, but that, the desert stuff. I like green stuff. Maybe that's why I love soccer. Okay. I love a green pitch. You know, yeah. the desert's just all, it's all dead and lizards. Joshua Tree's growing, but they have like three good restaurants and everyone goes to them. It's true. And See some hipstery Yeah, I wouldn't mind people like a good brewery there. or something down there. Just business, pro I don't know. Pappy and Harriet's a great place Pappy to see, a, see some good bands every once in a while. Yeah, DJ's, a, I miss, I almost went out just to see a, a an act, but I said it's too far. But Pappy and Harriet's good. You got that old western town. It's yep. a good time. Highly recommend it, but not greedy enough for Vince. So, uh... We'll see and have a great Memorial Day weekend. What better way to kick it off than Friday night at Bank of California Stadium? So let's preview that game a little bit because we talked about it already and you, you get the feeling Montreal is going to come out. Montreal is the biggest mystery of a team in Major League Soccer. You don't see them because they don't get broadcast that much here. Uh, they cater to a French-speaking audience. 
you just don't hear about them and you forget. But obviously, they're a big deal in Montreal, but it's a bit of a mystery here. LAFC will have them all, um, or everything pegged down to in preparation for that game. But we, we anticipate a much similar approach than we saw from the Chicago Fire. Yeah. Will you ever get the feeling that like Montreal is the Shakhtar of the Champions League? Because they're, like, they're, they're just kind of out there doing yeah. their own thing. And, and then you're like, they show up to your place and you go, oh, yeah, you guys are still yeah. here. I hope. I think it's a great market. It's just we don't see it. I'd love to. I'd love to go to Montreal. I've been there a couple of times. It's a beautiful place. I've heard the stadium is great. Obviously, they're having some pitch problems with the flooding and things that had gone on there. Hopefully, they can get that righted because when that field looks great, it does look like a great stadium, a cool place. And Montreal is a cool city, right? Yeah. If you haven't known, they've had some uh, lots of heavy weather and flooding. And the field is very brown. No. It's the one thing that you literally, there's almost nothing you can do. You can have as much drainage as you want, but when you have flooding in that way, the, something is going to have to give, the field's going to have to give. And honestly, to the people saying, well, why don't you just resod it? Almost a worse thing. Yeah. Because then it's, it's, it needs time to settle. Players will be slipping and sliding anyway, so you might as well just kind of roll it out, see what you can do. Uh, but yes, I agree with you. And we've talked about this for weeks leading up to it, it looks like Nacho Piatti is going to maybe play some, but that doesn't change their tactics, I don't think, a whole lot. I mean, they're the type of team that will put 11 men behind the ball at home. So imagine what they're doing flying cross-country, time zones, coming out to see the, the best team in the league. It's going to be men behind the ball. It worked, And you can't blame them. It worked for Chicago, and I think Montreal has, has some of these big-name players that you're accustomed to, like Piatti, I guess Uruti to another degree, tighter, um, the attacking guys that have some prowess and will be told to defend. And I think they'll enjoy that moment to see if they can get a result here because getting a point at Bank of California Stadium is a badge of honor now. It's like, hey, we did it because, uh, again, one loss this season, uh, not at home, so unblemished, just the two losses overall. So. I, I, I get the feeling we'll see that. So the key for LAFC, which would have been the key for the Chicago Fire, is unlocking that sucker quick and getting that goal. Every game we've seen since Chicago and right around it, they have had those opportunities, and we we he, we keep hearing it. We've got to finish these opportunities. They've got to finish one early because that would make this a whole different situation. Goals change games. Yeah. You don't you don't want a nervy game. I mean, you you've hit it on the head. Montreal, of all the teams, is going to relish the opportunity to come and put 11 men behind the ball. We've talked about it. A lot of teams can come and do it, and a lot of teams that you would say, well, that probably benefits them to do it, can come and put men behind the ball, but simply putting men behind the ball is not enough. You need to actually have a team spirit, a team culture that wants to play to grind out wins that way. And they do. Yeah. And Maxi Yerudi is a guy that, that can get out there and they run. Counter, yeah. Piotti is a guy that can get out there and run. They're, they're, they are used to bunkering in and then knowing the right times to just race as fast as they can down the field one two touch pass goal and that's that's their ethos but if like you said you open them up and i think honestly with montreal you have to open up maybe more than one goal because they, they will they, still keep doing that tactically saying all right be patient we might be able to grab one yeah late. they think I, tactically I think you're right yeah they think tactically i mean it's it's oh, and the converse of it is almost with with LFC and I I got in a lot of arguments with people last year. Why don't they just play more defense at the end of games? Well, weren't they playing defense at the beginning of games? So your game state, whether you're defending or attacking, is to not to not give up goals while scoring goals. It doesn't change just because the last ten minutes of the game or or whatever. I mean, it can. It doesn't always work for people to change your game model like that. Is not a good idea. So yeah, Montreal's probably still going to sit back knowing that. Hey, we feel most comfortable not letting in goals and 
playing out this way, and we feel like we can at least get one goal, maybe two. So, yeah, I think you're going to have to put them under pressure early. You're going to have to find the breakthrough early, and then you're going to have to find another one to really ensure because I wouldn't want Nacho Piotti. I The worst-case scenario, or maybe not worst, worst-case scenario is they score, they score an early goal. Yeah, you know, then you're really done. I know what you might be thinking at home. You're like, wait a minute. These two teams played last year, and how many goals were there? Eight. Yeah. <laughs> Much has changed with both teams. That was the Laurent Simon game going at Remy Gard, who uh, you know, jettisoned Simon uh, to LAFC at the time. He wasn't happy with it, and he scored a cracker of a goal to open things up. And goals were coming flying in early. Yep. I, will we see a game like that? Probably not. Maybe. But uh, this is, uh, you know, this is maybe a Montreal team that remembers that as well. But, I mean, so much is different. I mean, everything's so different with LAFC, obviously. And now this impact team, similar. They have the same coach. They have the same star in Piatti, although hasn't really played to that level. It's wearing down a bit. I think Sefier Tider is their leading scorer. He has three, you know, in yeah. comparison with LAFC's <laughs> leading goal scorer has 14. So you just look at the numbers and everything here, it will tell you this is going to be a grind. But that's the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I really we can't add much to it. I, it just seems like bad analysis, but it's pretty much the yeah. way it's going to be. I mean, we could almost script this game for you. All right. Still watch. It'll be entertaining. It's great to be out there on a Friday night. This is going to be a Pride Night. Pride Night. Uh, I want to go back to Women in Sports Night. Last time the Bank of California Stadium had a game with the Dallas game, it was remarkable. And to see, obviously, one of the two or three greatest female athletes in this country, certainly, Mia Hamm, participating. I would say great, greatest. Let's in, say in, greatest, say sport. greatest soccer player in U.S. history. Yeah, I mean, you think about you know Serena Williams and uh, – Maybe a, a Lindsey Vaughn on the on the skiing side. I mean, Mia Hamm with Everly Sport is right up there. Well, just think about any time you turned on a women's national team game that she played in, you expected she was going to score. Yeah. And most times, she scored. And not just one goal, hat tricks, multiple goal games. I mean, she was unstoppable. I, Growing up in California, you know, obviously I, I loved the men's national team, but I liked watching women's national team games because I was a forward. And anytime someone's scoring, you just want to emulate them. It doesn't matter if they're male or female. So Mia Hamm is... Uh, to me, the the greatest United States soccer player. And that's difficult to say because it's so competitive. And obviously, the emergence of Carly Lloyd, obviously Michelle Akers. There's a lot of great players that get in that mix. Lover, hater, Hope Solo, great keeper. Uh, yeah. Uh, so many good players on that '99 team. Uh, Julie Foudy. This is. It's hard to say you're the best soccer player. So maybe we should leave it at that. There were so many great. Uh, so many visitors that got to see that. And when LAFC rolls that out for Women in Sports Night, they do a great job because women are so – it's Women in Sports Night every night at LAFC because they're there. They're they as, as omnipresent as the men. This is something that uh, you talk to the ladies with 10 games. They love it because of – it's a great night, and they are catered to in the right way. There was uh, a lot of memorable moments on the uh, Thursday night, the one that I think we talked about in our now-famous – uh, Monday meeting. Monday meetings. Monday meetings where we just flesh it all out is uh, Jimmy Lopez posted something which was retweeted by Mia Hamm mm -hmm. and it got crazy traction of his daughter in the capo stands um, and that was very special to Jimmy and obviously became very special for the LAFC family and then now this is being pushed out to the masses to see how LAFC does it and that's the message you want to get across 100%. Well I think one of the reasons why 
these nights are so successful, whether it be Women's Night, whether it be Pride Night. And I think one of the reasons we maybe don't talk about it a lot is because you and I just accept it. You go in the North End, and it is diverse. We're not talking about, oh, hey, guys. We're, it's not like a dudes-only it's yeah, dudes party. We're not saying, hey, it's, it's Women's Night. We're going to stock you know, stock it up with a lot of ladies, that type of thing. No, they're already there. Yeah. Same with the, the Pride Republic. They're already there. They have their, uh, I wouldn't even say spot because everyone mingles, but they, they are in the North End. So these people, we, we put out these nights. We do these nights. And, yeah, it's a celebration, but I would say come any night of the week, um, and we're celebrating Women's Night. There's ladies in the capo stands on any other night. It's just for Women's Night, we wanted to have all female capos, and they did a fantastic job, drove the team to victory. They, I would say there's no difference in, in the loudness, the it's energy. Not loud. And it'll be, again, the same on Friday, which is fantastic. But Again, these these nights we have, we, we do these practically every night. Right. It's just we want to... You want to make it a little bit more special. Give them just a night yeah. that is their own. But I would say anytime you come into the North End, you'll see you'll see people from the Pride Republic. You'll see ladies. You'll see young kids just da- dancing around, you know, learning at a young, young age. So, yeah, Pride Night is huge. I mean, we're coming out of the dark ages with sports where there was – Many a few years ago, you would say having a Pride Night in sporting things would, would have been laughed at. It's like, why? But I'll tell you one big reason. You can take all your, your politics and everything out. There's a dollar sign attached. You cater to the LBGT community here. They come out, and they have a good time, and they become part of the club. They are a big community here in Los Angeles, and they've done such great things for this city. You have to bring them in. But that's not what, that's not what you have, the Pride Night. That is part of the fan base, and they are in the bloodstream with everything that we've, we've done. And yeah, you may be sitting next to someone there who, who's gay in, in uh, Bank of California Stadium. And it's cool. And I keep running into them. And, there's, and we've, I see LZ Granderson, who I work with. He came in uh, for the previous Pride Night. He's at games all the time. So this is important uh, for so many reasons. But it, it, it gives everyone a sense of pride to see that because these, these are our neighbors. These are, these are our, our, our friends that come into these games. And you, you want to see them have their day. But again, with the same thing with the women in sports. It's Pride Night every night because they are there. Every you, you feel it. You, you you see it with what we sell at HQ as well. It's very very cool. Yeah. First and foremost, these are our neighbors. They're Los Angeles football fans. Yeah. But most importantly, they're LAFC football fans. Yeah. Your colors, the black and gold, run much deeper than your gender, your race, your yeah. your preference. And you know, we actually we put together not too long ago the video just celebrating the one year at the bank. And we had a chance to interview uh, Martin and Steve, who are very active in in Pride Republic. And they just kept gushing on how much they felt a part of something. And it was never questioned. It was, they were just there. Yeah. And look, let's not gloss over it. There's been little tiny bumps in the road along the way. I wouldn't even call them tiny. They were, for them, they were big bumps. We obviously had the chant. I mean, I don't, I yeah. don't want to pretend like these things didn't happen. But they said after the chant to be so heartbroken, but then to be so uplifted the next day with the response that was done, to bring them in, to, to have Tom Penn, Leerberg and all them say, look, we saw there was a problem. Tell us how we fix it. We, we, we don't know. We don't know exactly how to fix it, but we know we want to work with you and we know that you are welcome here. So let's fix it. Let's fix it now. And, you know, last season we had Laurent Simon come out, read a message to everyone. Mm-hmm. And this is a man that I barely could get to do interviews because he preferred not to speak English. He is, was willing and not just willing, wanted to go out Good there man. and make a speech and stand shoulder to shoulder with Joseph and with the Pride Republic uh, president and say, look, there's, we're not doing that anymore. This is not, I don't want to be a part of anything that we do that. And since then, I mean, again, there's another little blip at the 
uh, playoff game, again, stamped out right away. We just we go right back at it. As for as strong as they want to come with anything that doesn't fit our inclusive nature, it's the response is just it's uplifting. It makes people whole. I just, it, it's good because it, we remember it was just a few years ago with the athletes in sports and with the Michael Sam and athletes, Robbie Rogers, coming out saying they're gay. And you're like, whoa, this has never happened. But that players announced that they're gay now and no one blinks an eye. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. And the fans the same way. As you said, if they get, the rainbow flags will be, uh, will be evident. But whether you're straight or gay, you wear the black and gold. You're part of that team. It's a brotherhood. It's a sisterhood. And I, it's just great to see that because I always waited for the day and I'd say, okay, when people announce that they're gay, or say, I hope for that day that we don't have to make a big news story. We're at that point. So this, everything's getting better and the community gets stronger and Los Angeles in particular and this football club is better off because of it. So I'm really thrilled about that. Uh, Steve Mason will be the Falconer. Yes. Uh, he'll come out. Uh, this goes to show, I mean, and people, when you get your sports – LZ and Steve are on ESPN 710 Radio. They are both gay, baby. And you get your sports news from them, you don't even blink an eye. So and Steve we won't didn't be talking about this anymore. There will be it'll be all the same. Steve didn't know it was Pride Night when we invited him. He yeah. was just excited to come out there. And then we told him, "Hey, it's Pride Night." By the way, he goes even better. I, w- I would have been there anyways. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. Friday's going to be fun because, in a lot of ways, it's another night. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you, last year's Pride Night, I had the most fun. The sunset deck went a little longer than it usually does. It was more packed. It was just a great vibe. So I'm looking forward to that again this this time around. We wanted to get to one more topic here before we shut it down on Inside LFC. The Gold Cup, six players on the provisional roster. So four for the U.S. team. Um, three for the U.S. Wait, Tyler Miller? Tyler Miller, Christian, Christian and Walker. Walker. Sorry. So, th- so three there. Uh, Tyler Miller may have surprised some, but... I think you look at the goalkeepers, depending on what Greg Berhalter is looking at, don't rule out the fact that he's on the final 23-man roster. It's still, it'd be a big job. Uh, it'd be a big push, but he, he's closer to it than he was, certainly at the beginning of the season. Three for the U.S., uh, two from Canada, Dan Yakovic and Mark Anthony Kay, who's probably the most secure, not only of making a roster, but playing significant yeah. minutes, and Peter Lee Vassal of Jamaica. So you see those six names, what... what what surprised you, maybe with an inclusion, exclusion? I, I would, Fito Zelaya would normally be on El Salvador, but he's just not healthy. Otherwise, that would be another seventh and a guy who would play a lot probably. Yeah. Although it, I heard he has – him and the coach are loggerheads. Him and the coach are – I don't think Fito Zelaya is going to play for that team as long as that coach is there. Yeah. Uh, that just seems it's to be – Carlos de los Cobos. Yes, it's, it seems to be just an end of story. He's not playing for me. No more questions. And they don't really even ask about it anymore. So yeah. it seems like everyone's kind of just accepted it. Tyler surprised me a little bit, but then – when I think about it, it makes sense. You know, you have Tim Melia, who maybe is someone you might want to consider. Team's not doing so great. Stefan Fry's been okay this year, but yeah. I, I think he's had some moments. Um, and he's getting older. Zach so Zach Stefan wh- probably lock in. As Zach Stefan's locked in, but he's injured. Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson also had some nervy moments though too. Brad Guzan, who's probably you think is the guy, but he had a nervy moment this yeah. past this past weekend. So I, I I think I would like to give Brad Guzan the chance to be, to make him whole because. Uh, with the the lengthening of Tim Howard's career, he's never really had that big tournament. This could be it. Uh, obviously, no one had the big tournament in 2018, uh, but this is something that I I would like to do. But doesn't it? Nothing, nothing's guaranteed to anyone. This is a this is a competition the USA could win. You want the right players to think because of what's happening with Mexico, without Carlos Vela and Tecatito and Chicharito. I mean, they're still great players. Hector Herrera is not going to make. That's a big that's a big group which kind of puts Mexico down a rung. And if the United States, when I look at that roster, I'm like, there's a lot of talent there. 
at yeah. least on paper. Together, we'll have to wait and see, and it's not quick fix. But there's an opportunity here. Yeah, when you look at the U.S. roster, it makes much more sense, too, because it seems like we're bringing along a much younger generation. So you're, you're weighing it up, and you're saying, Tim Milia, Stefan Fry, Tyler Miller. Well, as goalkeepers, you could say, I think they're about on level terms this season, but then you look at their ages, and Ty, you got why not have Tyler and, and possibly have him in at a major tournament, give him some experience. So if down the line you need him to go to a, a place like Honduras or somebody somewhere like that to play a match for you, He's not going to be scared to do something like that. So I think that's important. The other thing for me is where is Mark Anthony K going to play? Excuse me. You know, is is he, is he going to be a left back for Canada? I just I know, and Mark has been very diplomatic about this, and I, I he's a better man than me because the thing he's continues to say to us is, well, guys, you got to understand, I was out for a long time. During that time, guys in the middle of the park for Canada have forged a relationship, a bond. Oh, They've been doing come pretty on. well. <laughs> Uh, again, very diplomatic. Who's, who's done better than Mark Anthony K? He's become a, a, a phenomenon because of what he's done at LAFC. I wish I could tell you, but I, I'm just I'm curious. I I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Anthony K starts out at left back, but does not finish that tournament at left back. If they're going to bring Mark there and they want to go anywhere in that competition, him at left back is not going to push you past the. I would say not even going to push you past like the Jamaicas and the Honduras and in no. In, no, no. We, I mean. They're talented side, but... This is a big competition for Canada. They can kind of make that push. I mean, the, the talent's not quite where you'd like it to be, but it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to sort of close the gap on some of them, maybe make a semifinal along the way, a quarterfinal. Well, re- to jumpstart a culture, right? Yes. Jumpstart a culture of young guys that really come in ball, not just kind of, uh, there's a good Canada kid here and there, and then we fill in the rest. I mean, yeah, you're going to have Alfonso Davies for a long time. You got you to gotta get the most out of it, and you got to f- surround him with guys like Mark. I mean, you don't want... You don't want to stay with the old guard. I mean, no offense to a, a you know like an Atiba Hutchinson who's been a great player for Canada, uh, but he's he's getting a little old. I yeah. think that's it's time for Mark to step in those shoes. As, as you know, LAFC play June the first. They won't play June the twenty eighth. Gold Cup begins June the fifteenth. The final is July the seventh. So as it would apply to the players, we want as many uh, players to make these Gold Cup rosters because it's huge on a personal level uh, for them. You would probably miss. June 28th, if it's a all the players are on a roster, then you have a game July 3rd, July 6th. If you make a final, those are probably out. Probably July 12th, potentially you could return, although they probably want some time off as well. Yeah, we've already heard Bob say that there's going to be a, re- a reacclimation process. I mean, they do it every time that players go off and then come back. I would say, yeah, there's a possibility you can miss up to four matches. Yeah. I mean, not ideal, but, but look, it look, could be worse. It could be six matches. Notice what's there after that uh, July 12th game. July 9th. Dignity Health Sports Park, the first meeting. 19th. Yeah. Did I say, what did I say? You said 9th. 19th, July 19th. Not, not, so that, that, we need, not that I need to correct you, because I guarantee anyone listening to this podcast has that date circled, crossed, double circled, whatever they're doing. They know, they know that. That's a big LA event. That's going to be the biggest LA. El Trafico is a no. No blow. People keep bringing up to El Trafico when I do these interviews about it, so I kind of just play along, but. This will all get worked out in due time because this is going to be the biggest rivalry in Major League Soccer, one of the biggest rivalries yeah. in all of American sports because you can feel it in L.A. I know you do. I know If you're listening on a national level, we welcome in. This is a podcast for you too. Get down to L.A. You'll be able to feel it as well. Yeah, call it what you want. If you have a chance to be there, be there. If you have a chance to watch it on television, it's going to be loud. It's going to be what you Feisty. expect to see from you know the classic South American clashes. 
I would say I, they're the best example to me because I think the the level of ha- hatred, you know, <laughs> the 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 bit of chippiness, but just the loudness of the crowds is much more. I mean, yeah. you can attest to this. Much oh, more yeah. South American yeah. than European. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be little, intense. little known secret for all those people that think Europe is the bastion of everything soccer. Very quiet there in the yeah. stadiums. Quite quiet. Now, if the Galaxy keep losing at home to the Colorado Rapids, maybe that matchup doesn't have as much punch. Ooh. <laughs> See, this is, this is me. I want the Galaxy to do their part. So I don't. I know, I'm in the, I am in the 100% minority here. I'd like to Max see the Galaxy loves, do well. Yep. So when that comes in, Everyone's eyes are on it. Max loves Top the spectacle. Two teams in the Western Conference. As long as LFC's first and Galaxy yep. are second, it looked like it was going to be that way. It doesn't look like it's going to. I think be that this way is our this is our biggest divide, Max. You you want like a LAFC Galaxy match to go to the MLS Cup final? I I would rather Galaxy just hang out with Colorado at the in the basement. That said, if the LAFC LA Galaxy Western Conference final rolls around. I'm sitting there going, oh boy, could it be? What happens if we lose this? <laughs> that wouldn't happen, right? No, that'd be kind of scary. It would I'm be stick with my guns, just because it's good to have a difference. No, you're right. I mean, and it, and it's good. It's good for Los Angeles football, just in we general. Need we, we need, need it. it. The, these people are here. They just need to be. They just need to have you know, just have it jabbed right in their arm and just take it straight to the veins because it's there. They just. They, it hasn't, Changing your story, I see. Uh, jump, jump down to my camp. No, I'm still How terrified. About the Galaxy finish. I don't want to be third. Si- I don't want to be so sitting there. Not see them. Yeah, I don't. I, I, you know me. I'm a wreck during games, and I'm not a fun person to be around. Could you imagine me during that game? I won't be fun to be yeah. around. Well, the the Salt Lake game last season, because everyone said it was going to possibly be the Galaxy, and I was like, we have Real Salt Lake, and I, I had that s- same sickening feeling during that game that would have been the equivalent if it was the Galaxy, because it was just like well, the season's going, season might end. Yep, it's no fun. I know. Subscribe to Inside LAFC. We we put on the back burner our name, but we got great. Um, suggestions from a lot of you out there Uh, a lot of love with those so we do appreciate that leave us comments and reviews that is very helpful along the way we will uh, see you uh, probably next week definitely next week we will definitely see you next week. unless do you know something i don't no okay we'll see you next week